part one chapter twelve of the cosmopolitan from two sides of a question by may sinclair this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part one inland chapter twelve monday was the day of the great deliverance the day that was fixed for frida tancred's flight and as if it meant to mark an era and a hegira and the beginning of revolution it distinguished itself from other days by suitable signs and portents it dawned through a brooding haze that threatened heat then changed its mind thickened and massed itself for storm while he was dressing durant was made aware of the meteorological disturbance by an incessant tap-tap on the barometer as the colonel consulted his oracle in the hall the official announcement was made at breakfast there is a change in the glass said the colonel mr durant brought the fine weather with him and miss chatterton is taking it away i'm taking something else away beside the weather said she but the spirit of prophecy was upon him to judge by to-day's forecast i think we shall see frida back again before the fine weather whereupon durant smiled and miss chatterton laughed which gave him an agreeable sense of being witty as well as prophetic by ten o'clock the hand of the barometer had crept far past change by noon it had swung violently to stormy with much rain by lunch-time a constrained and awkward dialogue was broken by the rude voice of the thunder the colonel took out his watch timed the thunder and lightning and calculated the approaches of the storm seven miles away from us at present said he it hung so low that the growling and groaning seemed to come from the woods round coton manor the landscape darkened to a metallic purplish green then paled to the livid colour of jade under a sallow sky there was a swift succession of transformation scenes when between the bursts of thunder the park swathed in sheet lightning shot up behind the windows now blue now amethyst now rose now green then the storm suddenly shifted its quarters and broke through a rampart of solid darkness piled high in the southwest fifteen seconds said the colonel between that flash and the thunder among these phenomena the colonel moved like a little gentleman enchanted he darted to and fro and in and out as if the elements were his natural home his hurried notes in the little memorandum book outsped the lightning for the last thirty years there had not been such weather in the meteorological history of wickshire but the storm was only in its playful infancy the forked lightning and the rain were yet to come the last train up time to meet the express at the junction left withern in arden at three ten and it was a good hour's drive to the station as they toyed with the lightning on their plates durant and miss chatterton looked at frida fate the weather and the colonel a trinity of hostile powers were arrayed against her and the three were one at the stroke of two the colonel remarked blandly there will be no driving to the station to-day so i have countermanded the brougham they were dressed ready for the journey and as the colonel spoke frida got up drew down her veil and put on her gloves that was a pity she said quietly seeing that we've got to go the colonel was blander than ever he waved his hand go by all means said he but not in my brougham there i put my foot down not there not there o oh gallant colonel said durant to himself but where you have always put it on frida's lovely neck she started looked steadily at her father then to durant's surprise she shrugged her shoulders 
not as an englishwoman shrugs them but in the graceful continental manner the movement suggested that the foreign strain in her was dominant at the moment it further implied that she was shaking her neck free from the colonel's foot she walked to the window and looked out upon the storm with the neck strained slightly forward her nostrils quivering her whole figure eager and lean and tense she looked like some fine and nervous animal say a deerhound ready to slip from the leash as she looked there was a sound as if heaven were ripped asunder and the forked lightning hurled itself from that dark rampart in the southwest and went zigzagging across the pane only ten seconds said the colonel the storm is bursting right over our heads frida too had consulted her watch she turned suddenly rang the bell and gave orders to a trembling footman tell randall to put polly in the dog-cart he must drive to the station at once the answer came back from the stables that randall had shut himself into the loose box and covered himself with straw to keep the lightning off of him he durstn't go near a steel bit not if it was to save his life mum and as for driving to the station it was too true randall horsebreaker groom and coachman excellent invaluable creature at all other times was a brainless coward in a thunderstorm if we don't go to-day we can't go till to-morrow said georgie chatterton and she nodded at durant to remind him that in that case his departure would be postponed till thursday frida too turned towards him if i don't go to-day i shall never go he understood she was afraid afraid of what might come between her and her deliverance afraid of her fate afraid of the conscience that was her will afraid of her own fear of the terror that would come upon her when she realized the full meaning of her lust for life to-morrow any or all of those things might turn her from the way to-day she was strong she held her life in her two hands at any rate she was not afraid of the weather she would go straight to her end through rain and lightning and thunderbolts and all the blue and yellow demons of the sky are you afraid georgie of thunder and lightning asked georgie pointedly no all right then we've got forty-five minutes i must put polly into the cart myself five for that forty to get to the station she strode off to the stables followed by the footman and durant amongst them they forced polly into the trap and led her dancing to the porch where miss chatterton stood prepared for all weathers i say cried she this is all very well but who's going to drive polly there and back again i am said durant calmly he had caught a furtive flash from frida's eyes that lighted upon glanced off him and fell to the ground the woman in her had appealed to his chivalry at the same instant there was a swish as if the skirts of heaven were trailing across the earth and the rain came down he hastily thrust miss tancred's arms into the sleeves of her mackintosh and wriggled into his own the final speeches were short and to the point mr durant said miss chatterton you are a hero frida said the colonel you are a fool and for once durant was inclined to agree with him the more so as miss tancred took advantage of his engagement with his mackintosh to enthrone herself on the driver's high seat she said good-bye to the colonel and gathered up the reins miss chatterton climbed up beside her polly gave a frantic plunge and a dash forward and the hero was obliged to enter the dog-cart after the deft fashion of a footman with a run and a flying leap into the back seat miss chatterton was unkind enough to laugh well done said she sit tight and try to look as chivalrous as i'm sure you feel 
but it is hard to look or feel chivalrous sitting on a back seat in a wet mackintosh with a thunderstorm pouring down your neck and into your ears and a woman possessed by all the devils driving furiously to an express train that she can never catch in that lunatic escape from coton manor she had not looked back once she left durant to contemplate a certain absurd little figure that stood under an immense doric portico regarding the face of the sky the main thoroughfare of withern and arden was scored like the bed of a torrent and fringed with an ochreish scum tossed up from the churning loam the church clock struck three as they dashed through you'll never do it said durant it's a good twenty minutes from here in the brougham it is polly will do it in ten with me driving her she did it in seven durant had pictured the two ladies scurrying along the platform and himself a dismal figure aiding their unlovely efforts to board a departing train as it was the three minutes saved allowed frida to achieve her flight with dignity for two out of those three minutes he stood outside their carriage window beyond the shelter of the station roof with the rain from the ornamental woodwork overflowing on to his innocent head he was trying to smile heroic murmured miss chatterton and her eyebrows intimated that she saw pathos in his appearance as for frida her good-bye was so curt and cold that durant who had suffered many things in redeeming the discourtesy of his former attitude to her was startled and not a little hurt his plain lean face that seemed to have grown still plainer and leaner under the lashing of the rain set again in its habitual expression of repugnance hers paled suddenly to a lighter sallow than before the hand she had given to him withdrew itself in terror from his touch he drew himself up stiffly raising a hat that was no hat but a gutter and the train crawled out of the station he stood yet another minute staring at the naked rails two shining parallel lines that seemed to touch and vanish over the visible verge into the grey fringe of the infinite where the rain washed out the world and then he saw nothing but frida tancred sitting on the edge of the fir plantation and gazing into the distance he heard his own voice saying to her let yourself go miss tancred let yourself go and she was gone end of part one chapter twelve recording by expatriate in bangor maine